0: Well, we've been going through 1 Peter, and the title that I've chosen is Elect Exiles. That's right out of verse 1. That's who Peter is writing to. And I hope you're enjoying this as much as I have. Uh, I, I hope you have some time to spend in 1 Peter during the week. Maybe add a new little moment of Bible reading. Don't exchange your normal devotions for this. But spend a little time in 1 Peter during the week, and it will make it richer for you when we get to Sunday. So, uh, just reviewing a little bit, we talked about that elect exiles are born again into exile through the foreknowledge of God the Father, in the sanctification of the Holy Spirit, who is God the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus, God the Son, and Eternal Lamb. Then we talked about it being a living hope, that we are born into a living hope which Peter equates with our inheritance, saved in heaven, kept in heaven for us, Uh, for obedience to the truth that purifies our souls so that we can love each other sincerely and fervently from a pure heart. That's where we've been in chapter 1. Today we start chapter 2. We're only going to cover three verses, but there's a lot to cover in those three verses. The title of our message this morning is Taste and See that the Lord is Good, Growing Up into Salvation. I had the privilege of visiting uh, an organization called the Aprisco on Friday. It is in Rio Grande da Serra. Some of you live out in that direction. Uh, halfway to the beach, kind of. Uh, And Edson and Claudia impressed me to no end. They've built a base, a mission base, on land that belonged to his... It was his inheritance, actually, but he turned it over to the NGO. You can look it up at Ongi Aprisco Rio Grande da Serra. And they've built these uh, little chalet-type houses where they are keeping 30 Afghani refugees. These are families, men and women and children. Uh, They feed them with donation. They're teaching them Portuguese and some trades, and they're waiting for churches to assume one of those families, help them rent a house for a year, find education for their children and employment, and uh, then get them on their feet. These are people who are planning to stay in Brazil. Edson told me that every day he gets a message from the Policia Federal saying, do you have more room? Do you have more room? Well, they have a family living in their little consultorio, their medical office, because there's no more room. So he said, until churches assume one of these families and say, we'll take care of this one family for a year, uh, we don't have any room. And there are, as I prayed, people sleeping in the halls of Guarulhos Airport because there's nowhere for them to go. My challenge to us is, are we fellow exiles with these people, and are we called to love the widow, the orphan, the stranger, the poor in Jesus' name? And if we do, doesn't the Bible promise that we are doing that for him? We are elect exiles growing up into salvation. So as we turn to chapter 2, let's just read that together. So put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander. Like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. If indeed, or that could be translated since indeed, you have tasted that the Lord is good. What do you want? That's where I'd like you to start with your thoughts about this passage. And I've been living there this week, so I feel so enriched by this. But down deep in our souls are desires. We deeply desire certain things. Those things change over time. As you grow older, you want different kinds of things. If you're like everybody else, Those desires, and if you're honest, right, that's the hard part. Being truly honest about what you really want, down deep in your soul and even behind your consciousness, what are your desires? If you're like the rest of us, it's a mix. It's a mix. There are evil desires, they just kind of bubble up out of our gut, right? Our body has desires that it preaches to us. The world around us presses in and tries to get us to desire things. And there are good desires because we're made in his image. And if you've been born again by water in the spirit, as Jesus said to Nicodemus, you have God desires in your soul that come up out of the inner being where the Holy Spirit is reigning. Let's look at what this passage says. Number one, let me see what my next slide is and I will go back. So this doesn't mean verse 2, that's verse 1, chapter 2. It starts with the word so. So, why so? Well, so points back to 1 Peter chapter 1. And that's why I have 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22 to 25, written right here. Having purified your souls, now these are the people that he's writing to, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly, From a pure heart. That's where your desires come from, right? And what Peter's saying is, your desire should be, in Christ, love one another out of that pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and its glory is like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this is the, word, the good news that was preached to you. That's the verse that comes right before, so put off, put away all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy. So, since you're born again, put these things off. Isn't it surprising that malice comes out of the heart of, an unbel- of a believer? Someone who's born again has malice to put off, has hypocrisy and deceit and slander. These things keep coming up out of our old nature that's trying to raise its ugly head even though we are alive in Christ. Peter's talking to believers. He's talking to people who aren't born, born again. And he's saying, put these things off. I would like to look at each one. For a second. Uh, They are desires. They are evil desires. These five things. Malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander. And they're primarily desires against others. It's a desire in me to do harm to someone else. So I asked the Lord. I said, okay, I I need an example for Sunday morning. Show me the malice in my own heart. <clears throat> so funny that I can't see it, right? I think I'm better than I am. So, my daughter Jessie, the nine year old, has a cold. And she's constantly sniffling and coughing. And I b- picked her up from school and was bringing her home. And she's leaning on the front seat. I'm driving the car and she's right in my ear, telling me about her day and going. <laughs> <laughs> and I. I want to listen to her, and I want to be a good dad, but I don't want that in my ear. She had her her sweet little arm behind my back as I'm driving. And I wanted her to sit back, but I, I, you know, didn't want to yell at her. So I found myself leaning against her arm to try to hurt her arm to get her to move. And the Lord said, you're just mean. You who are parents know that feeling. Because you lose patience. And your flesh rises up. And you want to hurt the other political party. Or your neighbor that lets their dog bark all night. Or even maybe your beloved husband or wife. Because they're just getting on your nerves. There's malice in our hearts. Malice is a desire. Well, wait, let me go back to Genesis 5. Remember Genesis 5? Noah, the the age of Noah, and the word says, The Lord saw that the wickedness of man and woman was great in the earth and that every intention of the thoughts of his heart was only evil all the time. That's why he decided to flood everything and start over. Because there was no mix anymore. There was no love. There was no goodness. There was no God thoughts and desires coming out of people. And so our job as we grow up into salvation is to put away the the evil desires and deeply desire the good milk that makes us grow. And we're going to talk about what that is at the end. But let's just look quickly at each of these five evil desires that Peter talks about. So malice means maldade in Portuguese. We say maldade, bad boyness. You remember when bad boy was kind of a, a style thing? You could be a bad boy, and that was cool. By the way, in this world that the devil reigns over, badness is a lot more interesting sometimes, isn't it? Badness, the act—wait, desire to cause pain, injury, or distress to somebody else. Deceit. What is deceit? Manipulation. Falsehood. Insincerity or guile. The act of causing someone to accept as true or valid what is false or invalid. At home, we're reading Peace Child. I challenge you to read that book. If you've never read Don Richardson's Peace Child, read it. It's a great missionary story. The power of the gospel to transform a whole culture. And in that culture of Indonesia, and Jaya at the time, <clears throat> the, the deceitful person was the powerful person, was the hero. If you could deceive someone with feigned friendship, even for 10 or 12 meetings at dinner, and then kill them, you were the real hero. Imagine when they learned about Judas. Trying to tell them that Judas was not the hero of the story. I think here in Brazil, there's some echoes of that when we talk about, ah, ele é muito esperto, isn't there? Right? We like people who can get away with bad stuff and not get caught. They must be really smart. Well, no, it's actually pretty common. All of us do that. And we we want to do that. We want to put a good face on things. So other people will think we're better than we. We even fool ourselves, don't we? Then he says hypocrisy, pretending to be something you aren't for personal gain. And this is what Merriam-Webster says. Behavior that contradicts what one claims to believe or feel, especially the false assumption of an appearance of of virtue or religion. The world says, I don't go to church because it's full of hypocrites. And sometimes they're they're right. Because we all... Put on a good face and try to convince others that we're what we are not. Envy. Envy. Put off envy. Envy is jealousy or resentment. A painful awareness of an advantage enjoyed by another joined with a desire to possess the same advantage. This is the Instagram age, isn't it? Instagram runs on envy, doesn't it? Ooh, I'm going to take a picture of myself right here because everybody's going to want to be here. Everybody's going to have FOMO, the fear of missing out. Right? You know about FOMO? That's what Instagram, the gears, turn on that, right? And we all have it. And then finally, slander, to vilify someone. Tearing someone down with words. The utterance of false charges or misrepresentations which defame and damage another's reputation. My friends, watch out for prayer meetings. Well, I don't want to talk bad about anybody, but I think we should pray for so-and-so because they're really blah, 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 blah. Somehow it makes me feel bigger if I push somebody else down. And that's just sin down in my heart that I need to put away and shut my mouth. And stop speaking evil about other people. All of these have to do with our relationship with others and fight against what Peter says in chapter 1, verse 22, having purified our souls by our obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another deeply from the heart. So they fight against what God is trying to purchase out of us, uh, purify in us, which is sincere, brotherly love. Loving one another. Love is doing good to someone else for, at personal cost. Thinking about them instead of yourself. Asking a question instead of preaching a sermon. We cannot be holy without loving fervently and sincerely from our new heart. The holiness that grows in us grows for the sake of love. Now, Peter says all three times in this list of five evil desires. All malice, all deceit, and all slander. He's challenging us to do as Paul says, which is take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. You can say, well, I'm not that bad. That's not good enough. Every evil thought, every evil desire, ask the Lord to show you he is the light. He will shine light on you. In fact, he's merciful enough to shine light on one thing at a time so that you don't just crumple. But when one battle's over, he'll say, okay, now let's work on this other thing. And we're to put it off. And and Peter turns and says like newborn infants. Now Peter was married, he likely had children, we don't know. We don't the Bible doesn't talk about his children. But unlike Paul, Peter had watched babies be born, be nursed and be changed. Right? And I want to as I meditated on this this week, I think it's different. What his metaphor here is quite different from Paul saying don't live on milk. You can't live on milk. In Hebrews also, the writer of Hebrews also says, you've been living on milk too long. You should be eating meat now. That's not the same metaphor that Peter's using. Peter is pointing to the desire of a newborn to nurse. I've watched many newborns. And they come ready to do two things. Poop and nurse. Two things. That's all they take care of. I want to eat. And I make a mess. I need to be changed. I think that's what Peter's pointing to. Right? Put off. Get rid of. Throw your diapers away. They're yucky. And nurse hard. So that you can grow up into the salvation which Christ has bought for you. Like newborn babies. So now let me ask you another question. We've talked about your desires, my desires. My question is, are you thirsty? Are you thirsty in the Spirit for the pure spiritual milk that will help you grow up into your salvation? And I want you to think of this salvation not as being saved in the sense of justification, but being saved finally in the sense of your sanctification. So in in Romans 5, Paul says, Since we have now been justified by His blood, much more shall we be saved by Him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by His life. More than that we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have now received reconciliation. That's what Peter's talking about. We've been reconciled, we've been saved, you don't have to be saved again. But you do have to grow up into the fullness of your salvation, which I like to think is the where did I put it here? The power of sin I lost it. Three great P words. Down to the present. The penalty of sin is covered. The power of sin still holds on, but I'm getting rid of it. And I'm working toward the the lack of the presence of sin. Getting rid of the power and the presence of sin in my life is the reason why Christ purchased me. Penalty, power, and presence. There you go. That'll preach. Are you thirsty like a newborn baby? Are you seeking that spiritual milk in your days? This morning I woke up and the birds were singing so loudly outside my window that I just sat there and closed my eyes and praised the Lord with them. That's spiritual milk because you realize that the world is full of the glory of God and we can seek Him wherever we are and know Him. Now, the New American Standard Bible adds the pure milk of the Word. Because the context here is certainly the everlasting seed, which is the Word that was preached to you. That's the context of chapter 1. We are talking about the Bible. Are we on a... We're not quite there yet. But there is more to... Growing in Christ, then memorizing the Bible. Decorando. Memorizing the Bible is not enough. Listen to Isaiah 55. And you can make this note if you're taking notes. Isaiah 55, 1 through 3, is very, very related to what Peter is saying here. Come, everyone who thirsts. Come to the waters. He who has no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money, might say time and effort, for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good. Delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me here That your soul may live. Isaiah is talking about nursing. What you desire and what I desire was put there for a purpose. To lead us to the bosom of the One who made us for Himself. It's through His Word, but it's to Himself. You have to get to Jesus through your study, your meditation, your memorization of the Bible, so that like a nursing infant, the milk is only part of the experience. It's the warmth. It's the intimacy. And if you study newborns, they tell me that their eyes only focus about a meter, which is from the nursing position to the mother's eyes as she gazes with love on her baby and the baby gazes back. John Piper calls it the kindness of the Lord through his word. That's the milk. Come to the word seeking his kindness. The more you know about his holiness and his wrath, the more you will give thanks for his mercy over you, and you'll know his kindness. It's delicious. In John 7, Jesus stands up in the the feast and he says, Anyone who is thirsty, come to me and drink. What did that mean? For a Mediterranean man to stand up and say, Come to me and drink. This is what it means. He is the fountain of living water. His Spirit can live down inside of you like an ever-flowing spring. And you can drink in His presence to satisfy your deepest longings. Revelation 22, He says it again. Let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. My problem is... I'm looking in all the wrong places. I'm spending my money on what is not drink and food, and it doesn't satisfy. Turn your desires to him. Long for him. This desire of, or this word of like newborn babies, long for the pure spiritual milk is epipotheo. don't know how to say it. But epi means intense, extreme desire. It can be translated crave or even lust. It's an all-consuming thirst and hunger. It's like being thirsty in the desert. If I don't find a spring, I will die. If I don't find his face, my life does not make sense. If I don't read my Bible today, I'll go to sleep thirsty for his presence and for the pure milk of the word long as a newborn baby for the pure spiritual milk it's pure because it's at the source that's the wonderful thing about mother's milk there's nothing that that pollutes it go to the source don't depend on me only on sunday morning to get your spiritual teaching go home tonight and pour back over this and say lord show me more show me what you mean by this for me this week every day the psalm 1 says day and night meditate on his word focus on his face since you have tasted that the lord is good the esv says if you have tasted but the an easy an easy alternative translation is now that you have tasted Press in. Desire more. Seek his face. The word or the good news and the grace or kindness of God that saved us is the context of what he's saying. Let me read John Piper to you because I think he says it better than I can. The word of God creates desire for the milk of God's kindness by destroying desire for other things. Malice is a desire to hurt someone with words or deeds. Guile is a desire to gain advantage or preserve some position by deceiving others. Hypocrisy is a desire not to be known for who one really is. Envy is a desire for some privilege or benefit that belongs to somebody else with resentment that another has it and you don't. Slander is the desire for revenge and self-enhancement, often driven by the deeper desire to deflect attention from your own failings. The worse light we can put another in by slander, the less our own darkness shows. Peter's point is, don't think that they they can flourish in the same heart, these desires and the desire for milk. Desire to taste and enjoy God's kindness cannot flourish in the same heart with guile and hypocrisy. So fight to destroy the desires of guile and hypocrisy and the others and fight to taste. The kindness of the Lord in his word. Strongly desire to know God's kindness in his word. This is how Augustine says it, and I love this. Thou hast made us for thyself, O God, and the heart of man is restless until it finds its rest in thee. O brother Augustine is such a brother. Find bridges with Catholics through Augustine. Have them read confessions. It's about being born again. Here's what else he says. The whole life of a true Christian is a holy desire. The whole life of someone who follows Jesus is more of Jesus. Desire him with all your heart. Cast out all the other desires. Just like a newborn baby. Nursing and being changed. Well then, Peter goes on to say, That by it, by what? This spiritual milk of God's kindness through his word and his spirit, you may grow up into salvation. And that's where we talked about this is holiness, not just justification. Well, we're moving toward interpretation. So we've talked about what this says. What does it mean? What does it mean for us? Since we are born again to a living hope for the day, oh wait, since we are born again to the living hope through the blood of Christ and the power of the good news, we have to develop desire for what makes us grow up into holiness and eliminate desires for anything that doesn't. Isn't it interesting that Peter commands us to desire? See, you and I have control over our desires. We can say, no, I don't think I want to desire that. I'm going to make that obey Christ and desire Him, desire His Word, desire to be holy, because I know that there my thirst will be satisfied completely. And it takes time. It's not immediate. That's one of the problems with sin. Usually it's immediately gratifying, and then it gives you a stomach ache for weeks. The Word of God seems immediately a little dry, but it begins to produce a desire for more and a flood of living water in your inner being. That hunger we feel in our soul is actually for the fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore in God's holy presence through the word and the spirit. See, at his right hand, Psalm 16, is fullness of joy and eternal pleasure. Believe it. That's your inheritance. That's where we're going. Put all your hope in that basket. Listen to Preacher Thomas Watson, Thomas Watson was a Puritan in the early days of the United States. He says, leave not off reading the Bible until your heart is warmed by it. Let it not only inform you, but inflame you. I love it. Don't know how sweet the Bible is? That's because you haven't meditated on it deeply enough. Keep chewing it. Keep chewing it like a cow chewing its grass over and over and over, and milk will come out of it. Sweet milk and honey that feeds your faith and makes you holy like Jesus. How is your desire? What do you desire this morning? Are you thirsty? You're commanded to be thirsty. Let's pray. Father, we have spent money on what is not food. Time and effort on things that don't satisfy. We've let our bodies tell us what we desire instead of telling them what we desire. And so I pray over all of us that you would be our desire. Increase our longing for your kindness through your word and through your spirit so that we might be like you. In Jesus' name, amen.